0: Welcome to Line. My name is Aubrey Ann Jackson, and I am a student doctor in my last year of medical school. Firstline brings listeners of all backgrounds together to discuss whole body health and wellness through an osteopathic lens. First Line covers tangible ways to improve your health, how to succeed in medical school, and various topics in healthcare, including mental health, all while holistically addressing the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. First Line is hosted by Anchor. First Line can also be found on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Castbox, Stitcher, Amazon and Audible, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Castro, Player FM, Podbean, TuneIn, Reason, and iHeartRadio. Hello, everyone. Just a reminder that if you're trying to use a TrueLearn discount code for test preparation, you want to use the updated link and code first line with any purchase from TrueLearn um, instead of my old code. So make sure you look in this episode description for the updated link and updated code. So just In update, I am still doing fourth year rotations right now, and I'm currently in the process of interviewing for residency programs, and the match week is going to be in March, so I'm basically going to be interviewing until March, and then I'll know where I'm going for the next few years of training. But I will be graduating medical school in May, and so I will officially be a doctor and have my DO degree in May. But I will have to go through a few more years of training in order to be specialized in a specialty. So that's where I'm at right now, and this episode in particular, I wanted to return to something i've talked about before in a very early episode about osteopathic medicine and that episode was really great about sharing the philosophy of osteopathic medicine also what separates d.o.'s from m.d.'s and the fact that d.o.'s learn everything that m.d.'s do however they also learn this this additional tool called osteopathic manipulative medicine or manipulative treatment and we can use this to help our patients as well and we also have more of a holistic view of patient care and we put a little bit more emphasis on all three the body mind and spirit this episode though i wanted to go a little bit more in depth in what osteopathic medicine is and what that actually looks like when you actually go in to see a DO who does perform OMM or osteopathic manipulative medicine. And I think it would be helpful to re-listen to that episode as well. It was episode two in season one, but it's kind of a review from that episode. Osteopathic medicine surrounds four tenets. Uh, so the first one is the body Is a unit made up of mind body and spirit that connect together to make a whole person two is that the body is capable of self-regulation self-healing and health maintenance three is that structure and function are reciprocally interrelated and four is that rational treatment with osteopathic medicine is based on the understanding of these principles So it's very much evidence-based medicine, but kind of in addition to that, really focuses on physiology informing treatment and also the importance of promoting health because the body is capable of self-regulation and and health maintenance. Osteopathic medicine physicians are really educated on how to maintain health and to combat different risk factors for disease. And, you know, you hear a lot of whole person care. So what does that actually mean? And um, osteopathic medicine really focuses on five different models. The first one is biomechanical, which is what osteopathic medicine has the highest reputation for. Because on the surface level, a lot of osteopathic manipulative medicine focuses on muscles, joints, and bones, and maybe fascial tissue, and that's very much biomechanical, but there's four other models for osteopathic medicine. The second one is respiratory and circulatory, so these two go hand in hand together. Getting oxygen throughout the body has to do with lungs breathing in and then also the heart pumping oxygenated blood throughout the whole body, so that's something that osteopathic medicine physicians look at. Number three is neurological system, and this is basically the nervous system and nerves throughout the body as well as the brain. Number four is the metabolic model. This involves energy production and usage, hormones throughout the body, and just general metabolism like diet as well. And then number five is behavioral. And important that this one is actually separate from the neurological model. So osteopathic medicine physicians like to look at these as two separate models. So behavioral is a lot about different lifestyle factors, social determinants of health, mental health, spiritual health. So all of that goes together and really impacts the other models as well. So one thing that patients usually pick up pretty quickly when they see osteopathic medicine physicians is that DOs are much more likely to touch their patients. And this can be involved with osteopathic manipulative medicine. And it also plays a role in DOs having a little bit more knowledge about these models of care, especially the biomechanical model that threads through all of our education in medical school. So we're much more likely to touch our patients and really use that to assess their well-being and really balance their body when it comes to biomechanical, metabolic, neurologic, all of the models. And so touch for us is it can be diagnostic. There's a lot of different tests in the physical exam where we can use that to aid in our diagnosis. But there's also therapeutic touch as well, which I think our MD counterparts don't really use very much. Um, So that's where OMM or OMT comes into play because we can actually use our palpation or our touch skills in order to treat these imbalances that we might find. And these imbalances are also called somatic dysfunctions. You might hear that term being used. These palpatory skills can, for example, look at the skin, feel the temperature of the skin to interpret different diagnostic information. Looking at the texture of the skin and the color of the skin, any areas of discoloration. And we can also palpate the subcutaneous tissue and we can feel for edema or spelling or any other acute changes to that tissue. And then there's also the the deeper fascia that we learn in medical school, how fascia is supposed to move and feel. And Then we can pick up on when there is a fascial dysfunction, which could be contributing to signs and symptoms that a patient is feeling. Then we can look at the muscles and be able to palpate different tension and hypertonicity. So um, something I like to do on a lot of patients is to feel their back, and I will pick up on where they have hypertonicity or where they have increased muscle tone that often contributes to what they're actually coming in for because the back is in close communication with the spine, which the spine has a ton of nerve endings that go out throughout the body. And a lot of times, different hypertonicities can appear in really predictable areas for a lot of patients. Um, And we can also look at blood vessels to um, feel for congestion. And then we can feel for ligaments and tenderness of ligaments. And then really deeply, we can palpate for the bone as well. And so being able to feel all of these things is definitely a skill to pick up that really needs to be learned. And DOs have gone through osteopathic medical school. So in addition to our medical curriculum, we also have weekly OMM labs where we get to practice these palpatory skills for diagnosis, but also for treatment. And so that really does supplement our education. So like I said, there's these imbalances, also known as somatic dysfunctions, that is really just an alteration of what is normal, and it usually involves more musculoskeletal structures, but you can infer imbalances from that that involve the lymphatic systems, nerves, and also blood vessels as well. For example, if you have a really tight muscle, then it's pretty easy to understand that the fascia would also be pretty tight and this could impede optimal lymph flow throughout the body, which is involved in immunity and also waste removal. And it can impact the blood supply to different areas in the oxygenation, and it could also prevent um, nerve endings from being optimal as well. And you can imagine that if there is any imbalance with any of these, that it could cause symptoms um, such as pain, but not necessarily. So really, uh, osteopathic physicians are able to feel the skin and the subcutaneous tissue and the fascia and find things called tissue texture changes so that they can feel tenderness and edema and then they might also find asymmetry. So comparing it to the other side of your body, they might find some imbalance. And then there might be a restriction of motion as well. And lastly, there could be tenderness. So when a DO is using palpatory skills and it causes you pain, then that indicates something as well. DOs can also tell not only if there is changes to the tissue, but also if it's an acute or a short-term change or if it's been a really long chronic problem for you. So when it comes to seeing a osteopathic physician and they're going to actually treat you as an osteopathic physician who practices OMM, there's a few things that they're likely going to do for you. It usually starts with posture. So they're going to look at you from the front, from the back, and from the side and look for visual asymmetry. And that can really tell them where to start. A lot of times uh, it's fairly easy to see Any kind of postural abnormalities with the spine especially. Also how how your hips are placed, where your head's positioned, things like that. They'll likely want to see you walk. And here they're also looking for how your spine is moving, how your hips are moving, even if your feet are turned in or out, and they can really find some imbalances there as well. Then they might have you do some different movements. Uh, One is doing some side bending. And then they might look at more of the rotation of your trunk as well. Um, Another is leaning forward to touch your toes. Another one is, is standing on one foot. Then they might have you do different movements with your arms, like bringing your arms overhead or crossing your arms over each other, and then they'll look at the rotation of your head and neck. And they might do a few other screens that may include pressing on your hips, um, observing your hip motion. Then they might also assess your ribs as well. So this is just a screening, and then DOs can also... Hone in on what actually brings you in, where you're having pain or restriction of movement, and they can use a variety of techniques. And so one type of techniques is called articulatory, and this really has to do with increasing the range of motions of a joint, whether that's your your hip, your wrist, your shoulder, and DOs will typically use kind of a spinning motion of the joint in order to increase that range of motion i i would compare it to like stretching so when you're like stretching your hamstrings for example like touching your toes and you get to a point where you have that slight stretch. So you can definitely feel that you're stretching, but it's not overly stretching where it's painful. It's a slight stretch that you could hold for a few minutes at a time. That's what the the osteopathic physician is really looking for when they do these articulatory techniques, kind of that sweet spot of increasing that range of motion. And a lot of times this technique can be combined with other techniques as well. Um, One of them is uh, muscle energy, and this one is very commonly used, especially with muscle pain or weakness, lymphatic or blood vessel congestion, and then also reduced range of motion. It can be used for too, and it's called muscle energy because it really uses your own muscles in order to bring about change. So, you as a patient will contract your muscle, and the physician will usually tell you to, to move a certain way, and they're going to resist. Um, so, it's really this isometric contraction. Another technique is called myofascial technique, and this is really based off of loosening uh, fascia. And that's really the the supportive tissue that, that is found in your body, kind of between your skin and your muscles. but really coats your muscles. So a lot of times these can be restricted. So in order to ease that restriction, physicians might use a very gentle technique of kind of just moving the fascia around and holding it in a certain position in order to relieve that pressure. And this can be done in many different places in the body. Another technique is facilitated positional release, and this is often used for reducing fascial tension and also improving joint mobility. And this is a very uh, quick technique as well that is held for about 5 seconds. Another technique is called the still technique, and this involves moving a certain uh, joint into a position where it's comfortable and then adding some compression and placing the joint to its barrier where it doesn't wanna move in order to improve the motion of that joint. And this one is also pretty fast to do um, and, and works quite well. And then one that a lot of, a lot of people think of um, when they hear osteopathic medicine is something called high velocity, low amplitude or HVLA. And this is one that is basically the thrust technique that often results in a crack. So yes, osteopathic medicine physicians do crack backs. It's not the only thing that we crack either. We won't just crack anyone. Um, We will consider all of their other medical conditions and also if it's the right uh, technique to be used. A lot of times, patients will do a lot better with a myofascial technique to relieve their tension or a muscle energy technique. But we can also use HVLA, but that's not our only technique. It's just one of many techniques that we would want to use. But yes, HVLA is kind of that cracking motion, but what's important here to know is that uh, we will place the joint into its barrier, and then we apply a high velocity, so quick, low amplitude. So it's a very small distance that we're moving a joint, and because we are able to locate right exactly where the barrier is. You don't really need to move very much in order to get past that barrier and restore motion to that joint. There are a ton of techniques that can be very much individualized for a person and also crafted with their other medical conditions in mind. And there's something called counter strain. Um, which is one of my favorite techniques. And this involves finding a tender point. Um, and this can also be like a trigger point too. So a point that it really just hurts to touch right at one certain point. And so physicians are able to locate where this point is and they'll know using anatomy knowledge what muscle that is and the action of that muscle and they're able to place the body in a position where that muscle is shortened and when that muscle is shortened it's also forced to relax and when this position is held and then the body is brought back to neutral often the patient will have a relief of the pain and this is confirmed right away by pressing that spot again. So this is a very excellent technique and it's one that I think should be taught first in osteopathic medical schools because it really does increase your confidence that these techniques can really work wonders because this one is very much a go-to. It works very well. So part of osteopathic medicine is also this acknowledgement of interactions between visceral systems and somatic systems. So what that means is visceral means of the organs, so the the internal side of things, and somatic is more of the parts of your body that you're able to move, so your muscles. And osteopathic medicine really appreciates that there are neurological interactions between the organs and somatic structures. And a well-known example of this is that there are often um, those tissue texture changes that I talked about in your thoracic spine when someone has a heart condition, such as a heart attack. They will have tissue texture changes that line up with that, that are very predictable. And then also there's this appreciation that also somatic dysfunction, so things that are wrong with your muscles, so an imbalance, a hypertonicity, that can also affect visceral structures or organs. So there's definitely this back and forth talk between things in your body, which is very much a whole person point of view, the appreciation that everything is interrelated. And how, how is this possible? Like what is really connecting the heart to the thoracic spine? Well, it's through the nervous system. So there's the sympathetic nervous system and the parasympathetic nervous system. The sympathetic nervous system is that fight or flight response, increasing heart rate, slowing down your GI tract, whereas the parasympathetic is that rest and digest, so your heart rate comes down, and also your GI tract is able to digest, so rest and digest. So both of these nervous systems are connecting to your organs, and they also are in close proximity to your muscles. So this is kind of what I was talking about earlier. So a lot of times, you can treat hypertonicity of muscles And that can help to calm, usually the goal is to calm your sympathetic nervous system and then promote your parasympathetic nervous system. So being able to relax and not be as tensed up. But really the goal here is to just modulate both of these systems. There's a lot of specific techniques that I want to start going into a little bit more. Kind of going system by system. So I want to go a little bit more in depth about this, but I would really love to hear what questions you have about osteopathic medicine, because I think this is something that I really don't see a lot of podcasts talk about. And even podcasts that are a little bit more osteopathic focused won't really go very much in depth on certain techniques. And I think just in general, most people, they probably don't even know what a DO is. And then even if they do know what osteopathic medicine is, you know, that holistic approach, whole person, they won't really know what techniques can be used in osteopathic medicine unless they see a practitioner who is a DO who practices OMM and OMT. However, there are a lot of DOs that do not practice these techniques. So I think really what is lacking in this space of um, health and wellness and medicine podcasts is talking about these techniques. I would love to hear what questions you have, and I can definitely incorporate that into uh, more episodes to come. And I would also... Really appreciate it if you take some time to rate first line, especially on Spotify and Apple. Um, that would help greatly. And if you'd like, you can also leave a comment about what you like about the podcast or what you would want to see from the podcast. But in all of my episode descriptions, I also include my email and my Instagram and Facebook, so you can feel free to contact me on any of those methods as well. So thank you so much for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.